am glad you could make it to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you're listening to episode 115. Hey everyone, I'm here at the, uh, I'm, I'm actually in Canada with uh, our guest, Jason C. Marshall. You remember Jason. Hey Jason, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, and I would hope people remember me because I have droned on on your show several times already. Oh, definitely. But uh, you never know. This could be somebody's first time, which would be great, too. Uh, If you are here for the first time, we welcome you. We love you. We embrace you, and we're glad you're here. Stick around. (laughs) Um, We have a very special guest with us this time. Uh, which is going to help make our show a little bit special, a little more festive, and bring in another um, another perspective into what we usually talk about. And uh, also want to wish everybody happy holidays. Uh, so let's let's introduce you to our surprise guest, Julian Bate Verget. Julian. Hello, thank you for having me on. Hey, you're very welcome. Hey, listeners, just in case, uh, Julian, that name might sound familiar if you've been listening to the In the Weeds series episodes with Jason, because Jason brings up Julian quite a number of times. And so we thought it would be really cool to have Julian with us here now that we're ending 2021 in December here. Julian, um, you and Jason are embarking on a lot of adventures, aren't you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, This would be a great segue here, actually, to mention something really cool that you guys are doing, something adventurous. Uh, Jason, why don't you talk a little bit about your adventures in filmmaking? (laughs) Oh, well done. Well done, Susie. <laughs> uh, so, yes, um, after after Susie had encouraged me and persisted in, in getting me to come on the show and talk about the, my little my little niche, um, and I become more comfortable with recording and, you know, my own voice out there, um, Julie and I, who have worked together for the past uh, three years now, are going to launch our own podcast. Yay! Called, yay! <laughs> called it, called Adventures in Filmmaking, and it is specifically looking at filmmaking from 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 the perspective of well, we'll call we'll call them nobodies, the people on the bottom like us, the DIYers, the Ultra micro budget. They are in the undiscovered somebodies. There you go. Yes. The un- the undiscovered the undiscovered somebodies. <laughs> uh, so we talk about our not just our own experiences, but uh, we've we've already interviewed several people in our own our own filmmaking community, and we've already started to reach out and branch out, and, and uh, there's some interest from from people with, with varying levels of 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 success on the on the ladder. You guys are gonna be um, you're gonna be an instant success. I can already tell, Julian. Um, <laughs> you you know let's talk let's talk about our, our new friend here, Julian, <laughs> for a minute. Uh, Julian has is quite talented as well as Jason is. Uh, Julian is also a musician. 
Uh, and so I want you to share a little bit about how you got into that and, and the filmmaking part as well. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting. I, so I've, I've kind of always, I, I've, I play guitar, uh, for pretty much my whole life, uh, on and off. I was, I never call myself a professional guitar player. Uh, but, uh, I've always had an interest in music and I've always had an interest in film, uh, from a young age, I remember, you know, telling my dad, like, hey, I want to make a movie. Let's get a camcorder and make one. Um, stuff like that. Uh, nothing really happened, though, until uh, 2017, though. Uh, I started really trying to tackle it. Uh, really trying to tackle it. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it in quotes. Professionally. Um I, I really uh, I reached out to some people in the local filmmaking uh, community here and uh, I've been making films on and off now and that's actually how I met Jason. Uh, mm-hmm. We met on one of the film sets and we've been uh, frequent collaborators uh, ever since and the it's actually the pandemic that kind of made me look at things a little differently and I went back to school and I studied music because uh, one thing that Jason and I always kind of talk about is how sound is so important uh, in films. And I wanted to learn how to not only record better sound, but also be, uh, uh, you know, dive into myself as a composer. And so it was kind of like a a double whammy in that regard. And now I'm composing as well as uh, making films. You know, one of the things in my classes in college in our audio classes i remember we went into the studio where the big sound mixers are and we were comparing different music you know from different artists and they were all Mm -hmm. famous but you could tell who was paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for the recording studio and who wasn't paying maybe ten thousand uh just based on the sound (laughs) uh and so it's it's hard in audio just like i i think in many ways in film too but i think in audio it's even more um more obvious right Mm -hmm. that the combination of not just the equipment that you use but also the you know the sound mixers and and the way that you you put that together in post afterwards yeah you know and the acoustics in the studio when you're playing instruments and doing the vocals and things like that so yeah, that's a that's really interesting and that is going to bring you into a good partnership with uh jason when you guys are you guys making any films together? Or are you planning on it? Oh yeah, um, we're uh, actually kind of uh, we're we're going to be making a lot of films this year because we're going to be doing uh, we're kind of setting up a challenge for ourselves and we're doing a, a film a month, um, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Where it's kind of a it kind of started out as a because one thing that you'll learn about me is I love. Uh, like horror as a genre. And I love concept horrors. I find that when it comes to short films, horror is so interesting because I think it works best when it is, uh, uh, situational. Right. And it's like, you know, like lights out, for example, that was a, a quick little scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the idea was to do a film a month, kind of try new, you know, special effects and stuff like that. And just really puts ourselves, you know, get a little bit more ambitious as it goes on. 
But uh, I guess, uh, Jason, you can allude to how it's evolved even further from that. But but we're talking about shorts or features? Uh, shorts. Shorts. So it's mainly, yeah. it's not like a feature film where things drag on to really spook somebody, blah, blah, blah. No. This is like, let's just scare the heck out of somebody at the moment, and then <laughs> yeah. we're done. We succeeded, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The um, as Julian said, the it, it it's evolved because originally we talked about doing just just concept shorts, but we're we're kind of leveling up to be more of a. Over so over the next twelve months, uh, we're going to cover multiple genres, and essentially the goal is to create a portfolio to show that there that we're able to to achieve achieve a certain amount of range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we will we probably won't stray like over like. I think a. A large portion will still be the the concept horrors because of the ability to 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 craft a story and and get a scare very quickly. So you know, so basically, you know, we we plan and plan and plan, and then you know, we shoot for for a day, and then that one's in the in the can and into post production. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! Um, you know, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, the holidays over the last. Four or five years, more than ever before, I've noticed that since we're talking about horror films, <laughs> that usually mm-hmm. you would think that would have nothing to do with the holidays. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. turns out that there are more and more horror films made with the holiday theme than there have been in, uh, you know, in previous years. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, you know, I've seen a bunch of. Uh, on on shutter as well like like i've seen a lot of uh shutter is all horror oh yeah exactly um i've seen a lot of that because there's a lot of like slash i've seen a lot of slasher films specifically that are christmas themed Mm -hmm. did you guys watch elves on um um on netflix uh, no. Now, when you say elves, are you talking about the old one with Dan Haggerty? No, it's a new one. It's a mini series, actually. Okay, no, not not familiar. It's an international uh, film uh, with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually quite interesting. Uh, if our listeners could butt in, <laughs> I'm sure some <laughs> of you have watched it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. Um, I find also that a lot of the what is it. Um, Name some some of these. Uh, you probably have a better memory for titles than I do. Uh, like you're talking about Christmas horrors in particular. Oh yeah. What was the what was the, what was the one we watched? Uh, the one with the K. To... <laughs> uh, oh, you're talking Krampus. Yes. Yes, okay, Krampus so... is one of the big ones. Uh, yeah. Better Watch Out was one. That's okay. That's is that the one that we watched with the kid that turns out to be a psychopath? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the one. That was very good. Ooh. Um, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's the one that like specifically comes to mind for me, uh, and Krampus as well. Krampus mm-hmm. is one of the big ones. There's also, you know, the old, um, oh man, I can't believe oh, that I'm forgetting his name. Black Christmas. Black Christmas, yeah. No, the, been... the animated one, the classic. Rudolph? <laughs> no, um, Tim Burton? Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that but as dark as that is and everything, it's still, you know, childish. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but it's 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 um it's become kind of like the <laughs> um, this is a horrible comparison, but like what is that? It's a wonderful life. 
you know. Oh James yeah, like it, it almost becomes required <laughs> viewing now yeah. every Christmas. But it's like, oh, let's watch that, and then let's watch <laughs> <laughs> the Tim Burton, you know, that one. I think a lot of the 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 Christmas. I mean, those movies usually have a twist. I think they're perfect because I think the concept, right, of turning such a children's story right um mm-hmm. you know santa claus and candy canes and presents and christmas carols mm-hmm. and turning that into a horror flick has been very attractive to people to just yeah. like hey let's twist this concept into a completely different genre mm-hmm. you know yeah. what are some some other ones uh, that you can twist up, like uh, like for example, Halloween's. Everybody thinks you know is is um, is like a kids thing, uh, but it has mm-hmm. also a very dark background. But um, the way Halloween started, right, was completely different than what it's turned out because of the marketing. And I think Christmas mm-hmm. is like that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, like, um, cause I only noticed in the last, I want to say couple of years, especially since Shudder has come out, mm-hmm. I've only, I've been noticing a lot more horror films. I'm, I can't remember the name, but there's another film on Shudder that I watched that's also Christmas themed. Um, it's not coming to me though. <laughs> <laughs> I would Google it, but then I would get distracted right now. Right. I'm really into this. Um, Jason, uh, yes. you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, in our in the last episode that we did, we were talking about concept and ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to bring something up with that. And I think Julian being here is, is, is great because you were talking about how you come up with concepts and ideas and how you go from an idea to a concept and vice versa. Uh. Yeah, because this will yeah, it's a chance to take it from you, know, you and me talking about it as a theoretical to, to the practical, and uh, generally, I would say Julian ninety five percent of the time that that you're the one that comes con- <laughs> that, that 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 comes forward with with an idea. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. Sorry. Hold Go on. Ahead. So ahead, I remember in our conversation, I was telling you about this this dream that I had, which was a complete movie, and I asked you. Uh, do you know if Julian ever has a dream that is completely a movie and then you wake up, you're like, this is a whole freaking movie from beginning to end. Has that ever happened? Yes, so uh, I have to ask. Uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting because, uh, that happens to me more frequently than not, or, or even sometimes it happens to me where I'll remember, let's say the whole dream and maybe I don't use some of it, but it kind of sparks something that becomes a story, uh, you know. But uh, I've had a lot of dreams where I'm like, oh, that would make a great film. And I even felt like I was watching it as a film yes. in my head. Yeah, that's exactly you know? what happened to me. It was like from the beginning, it was like I was watching a movie, but mm-hmm. I was in clothes. Like I was experiencing as a viewer, like I was yeah. inside the scene. But I wasn't mm-hmm. a, a, a one of the characters in the scene. I was just always there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and this movie that, that I had, uh, which is always fresh at the top of my mind, I mean, literally has the whole, the entire structure formula, all that stuff in it 
just like a great film that somebody else made, right? Mm -hmm. And it has a really cool twist in the end. And I'm like, there's no way that could have come from me, (laughs) you know? But it it was like, did aliens take over and say, here's this really cool movie? (laughs) Oh, you got to get writing then. I I really should, (laughs) but I think I should hire Jason to do it um, (laughs) because what happens when I start writing is exactly what you're not supposed to do. I don't have the patience to do all the outlines and everything like Jason does. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a whiteboard like he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be fair, it, it's taken it's taken several years to get Julian from being a pantser to an outliner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so go ahead. Yeah. Sorry that I interrupted you yeah, with no. that, but I had to ask that to Julian. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, generally Julian often, very often has has an idea. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, send me a message or, or whatnot. And and then we basically just take it from there and we play well, what I've started calling the what if game. Mm-hmm. And that is, OK, so you have an idea. Let's let's start working it out to see, see, is there is there a concept there or or is or is it just a gimmick and we we can't really expand on it. Uh, so we just start, you know, OK, well, what if this? And what if this? And what if this? And then when a line of questions starts leading to more questions, then we then we know we're on to something. Yeah. Have you guys ever come to, like, how, how long does that process usually take before you guys go, next, forget it, it's not going to work? What, what actually does that? Because I would think it's also a challenge, right? And you mm-hmm. want to stick to it. Um, uh, but there comes a point where you have to come to an agreement between both of you. Go, no, no, it's screwed up. Forget mm-hmm. it. Let's not go there. I'll I'll take the lead on this, and then Julian, I'll get your perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Which is basically the idea is to challenge is to is to take the idea and challenge it repeatedly to see if it holds up to scrutiny. And that is like, what about this? Like, well, no, that won't work because of this. Or, you know, well, if this happens, then we can't do that. So we kind of we we kind of basically just it's so at first and this is where it's going to get a little weird because we don't do it in a linear fashion. We'll jump ahead to the end or we'll talk about a character or a theme or a plot point or a structural beat. We're kind of, we kind of do it all over the map, but for whatever reason we're able to keep keep things straight in our collective collective brains. Um, so yeah, if if um, if something doesn't hold up to scrutiny, uh, like especially if it falls apart very quickly, you know, like if you if you ask one question, the whole thing collapses. Then you know, okay, we're not going to go that route. Um, does that uh, does that 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 sound about right, Julian? Yeah, uh, I was going to say sometimes we kind of just choose to put it aside and revisit it much later. Like there have been many times where we you know, have basically said, well, this, this idea is going nowhere. Um, but you know, sometimes it leads into the inspiration for another story where Mm. we take elements from that thing and we put it in there. That happened with one of our concept shorts recently. Um, last call, you know, Mm. where it was like, uh, we couldn't really figure it out and it wasn't really happening. And then, Oh, it just became it, it. It just became a different thing. Not even related to that first thing. Uh, yeah, that's then. Look at the. That's the. That's the part. Of, 
part of the part of the process I love is is essentially problem solving. But yeah, this as Julian said, when you when you start with one idea and you're like, okay, this isn't working, but then you get a completely new new idea that goes to concept that goes to essentially structural discussion very quickly. It's like, okay, yeah, well, we 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 hit on this. Yeah, that makes a that makes a lot of sense, and it and it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It's that's, a lot of fun. That's the whole thing. And, you know, what's important for for listeners is that you don't start to make a, I mean, don't make an entire production around an idea and a concept and, and mm-hmm. everything and then find out in the middle of it or while you're editing that things aren't fitting right, that something's mm-hmm. wrong, that something's missing and you're not sure what it is. Right. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the uh, that, that's the whole. Obviously, I think some. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I interrupted you. <laughs> uh, I just say the um, and that's my whole thing about outlining is that if you if you do the process that we're talking about and you outline things, then you one need fewer drafts because your first draft is essentially pre visualized before you even start typing. Right. Yeah. Um. um uh, sorry, go on. Okay. Um, I think sometimes something that is, you know, took me a really long time to kind of come to terms with is sometimes it's not the right time to work on a certain project, which is kind of going back to something I said earlier, which was uh, maybe you're not in the right, you know, headspace to outline it correctly. Maybe you're just missing something at the moment and sometimes you just got to put it aside and just say I'll revisit that later you know and then it be and then later on when you revisit it we've had many times where we revisit something and then it becomes this like amazing script actually actually I do want to talk about that there's 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 a feature idea that Julian's been bouncing around forever and Mm -hmm. we've talked we've talked about it multiple times wait are we giving away any intellectual property okay no no (laughs) no no it's all good. Um, it, what it comes down to, though, is that you know, just through multiple conversations, multiple discussions, it just wasn't coming. And then one night we went for a drive, which, as it turns out, talking in the car is works out really well for us because there's no distractions. Yeah, we'll just hop in the car and cruise around the city and, and start talking, start talking story. Uh, anyway, there's a uh, for any anyone Ottawa local. Uh, along the Rockcliffe Parkway, there's a little spot called the Lookout. It's just a little. Uh, what would you even call it? It's like a little gazebo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yes, and you're 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 up you're up high, so you're looking down on the Ottawa River and across to Gatineau. And there were for the first time in like 50 drive-bys, there was no one there. So yeah. So we stopped and got out of the car and just started talking about this idea. The, the, this thing that just wasn't working, and within what maybe forty minutes, we had we had a, we had a structural outline. We had a first outline, and it, it you know obviously we had to fill in the gaps, but it's mm-hmm. a full outline basically of the film, and we hadn't made that much headway at all. Wow! So you see, know. so for listeners, that's what I'm also trying to drive home is. Pun intended. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Is the fact Nicely that done. this whole process really is fun because it, it can seem like, oh, before we got, it's kind of like you know, c- 
cooking a meal, there's there's different. Like no one wants to peel the potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's like the most no. horrible part of cooking is like having to peel potatoes. Are you kidding me? Uh, mm. And um, and so, but but in this process, peeling the potatoes is actually fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, that's that that's what I that's something that we you and I haven't talked about yet, Susie. But the whole point of this is that right, writing doesn't have to be hard if you just step back and learn learn the elements that need to go into it and then yeah and then just then just work them out beat by beat element by element then it's like the invention right mm-hmm. it's like the invention it's like before you're actually producing you know your yes. product you're actually inventing it. it's actually the most fun <laughs> it's hard to say that with filmmaking though quite honestly because <laughs> it's all fun but there's there's always yeah. there there's pieces that it's not fun. But I think what keeps you going through that is that you've had so much. It's like the point of no return. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've had so much fun up to this point, and then this is not so fun. But you know, if you get past this, you're gonna have fun again. And it's just it's sort of like that. This is why I always say it takes a special kind of people to make films in the first yeah. place. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And yeah. uh, a lot of viewers out there are probably glad it's not for everybody. <laughs> 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 because you don't have to watch a bunch of bad films before you finally watch a new one. Although there are a lot of bad films, but you got to give it to them because they actually completed it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, like, I, will, I will give you that. Yep. Me yep. too. What that, about you, know, you Julie? Good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I have a lot of respect for any finished product because someone that was someone's passion. You know, doesn't matter what the film is, doesn't matter what level of, you know, quality it has. Someone was passionate enough to get it from pre, you know, through to post and finish the movie. So that deserves a pat on the back, you know. Mm -hmm. And they had a family crew. That yeah. became a part mm-hmm. of that, and and you never know who quit in the middle or what they had to go through, mm-hmm. but somehow they stuck together to see it through, and and yep. those are qualities that are not just passion, but those are also qualities of the person with the passion, uh, supervising, mm-hmm. managing, you know, being able to to uh, bring a team together and keep people motivated. Those are all um, great qualities. There's so much to make in a film. Oh my god, oh, yeah. so much. The actually, that's that's one of the questions that we kind of it, it may never get answered, but in in the new podcast, that's something we're we're gonna we're ask everyone essentially what what compels you to tell stories, what compels you to tell stories in this particular medium, knowing that it is literally the most expensive way to create art. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, see, the benefit of it, this is why I'm so passionate about film. Uh, I like to write, too. You know, I love Mm -hmm. taking photographs, and I feel like you can actually tell a story with a single frame, with one photograph, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I'm very big on stories and storytelling and uh, graphics, all those things. But the thing is that when you're talking about film, you are touching on everything at that point. You're really Mm -hmm. able, like the person that consumes that product, that film, really could just be sitting there on on a chair, not move, 
do nothing except for watch and listen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's effortless and they are into your world and they are perceiving the things that if you do it right, that you want them to perceive, they feel things, they hear things, they, all those things combined and all of it is just, it's so that's to me, that's the magic, right? Of Mm -hmm. the filmmaking Um, and the ability for you as a creator to say, wow, you know, and to hear from people later, which is why social media makes it even better to hear people's response to that, mm-hmm. you know, is, yeah, as definitely. opposed to some critic writing about it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, my, how I saw this, you know, like, who cares? Yeah. I want to see how everybody else, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing to me is, uh, I yeah, I, I, I'm not really a huge fan of critics and aggregates and all that. Um, really if what means more to me is did my film reach people on an emotional level uh, and did it speak to people? What did they get from it? You know, stuff like that. That's important to me. There's so many side stories of people who say, um, you know, like uh, right now, I don't know if you heard, there's all the tornadoes that we've had, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people, you know, we've had fires here in California. You guys have had fires, too. Um, there's always stories, you know, when when you hear people talking about in, in the news reports and they say, you know, how did you survive this? How did you survive that? And it's like the people are talking and they're sharing. Well, how did you know how to do this or that? Well, I saw it in a movie. Like your yeah. movie mm-hmm. can actually save somebody's life just by them watching it and, and recalling that by being in, in that situation. You can also mm-hmm. move somebody to to the point of um, beyond, you know, but empathy, right? Mm-hmm. There have been people who have watched movies about special, um, you know, people with um, challenges, you know, like, um, I don't know, cancer, ALS, mm-hmm. anything like that. And they have been moved yeah. to make a difference in people's lives like that. But they wouldn't have felt that had it not been for the movie that you created. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say something here. And I'm going to, this is a huge public admission, but I am a, compl- I am a total movie crier. Yeah, me oh, yeah. too. <laughs> I am because, too. Because well, what's the what's the point of, of watching and and, and Okay, what's the point of watching if you're not going to get on board with the character's journey and, and, and care about yeah. what happens to them, even though they're fictional fictional people? But it's not always just that. It's also because it becomes you. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, feel true. you you are, you know, it's that it's it's a very quotable quote that's been quoted a million times. <laughs> stepping into somebody else's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you are the character. I was watching, um, what is that, Fathers and Daughters? I don't know if you saw that one. It's mm, uh, no. with, uh, not Kurt Russell. Uh, oh my God, what's his name? Whatever. Anyway, uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm really bad. Um, but anyway, Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. it was a movie, I think it was like 2000. 17 or something. I don't know. It could have been older. Whatever it was, 
I literally, there were things, I mean, I'm not a father. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, that movie went, by the time I got to the end, I was broken. I was Mm -hmm. in pieces, you know? And I was like, oh my God, this is like one of those, you know, it doesn't happen. You can't do that with every film you watch because Mm -hmm. you're going to end up on Prozac or something, but, (laughs) but it's just, you know, it's, it's like that. And you feel so deeply about it and you're just crying, you know, and I'm, and I'm sitting there going, I'm glad nobody's sitting here watching me watch this movie. (laughs) Like, I don't even think I want to watch movies like that with somebody else. (laughs) That actually happened uh, to me earlier today uh before i was getting ready for the podcast oh, no i was i downstairs i was downstairs and um uh my mom was watching the way back which is a ben affleck film where he plays an alcoholic uh-huh. and it was like i watched the first like i want to say 10 15 minutes and it was very emotional and like really like accurately portrayed and i was like oh no i am going upstairs <laughs> I, I, I i'm not ready to feel this movie <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it, yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously you need to be, um, obviously you can't do too many of those films back to back because yeah, like you said, you'd be on whatever type of medication. But uh, I think that the way I like to do it is like, I'll, I'll watch something, you know, emotional, something that makes me feel, and then I'll have like a palate cleanser, like a comedy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's basically, you know, COVID is a great example of that where, you know, you go, I, I just want to watch a happy movie. And you sometimes yep. mm-hmm. want to go, I just want to go back to like 10 years ago or 20 years ago when th- when mm-hmm. life felt because of the way your life was, you know, that it felt simpler. I just want to go yep. back to that time, you know, uh, and you can do that in a movie, you know, as opposed yeah. to in real life. Obviously, there's no escape, but that's escape is the key, right? That you get to escape the real world. Yeah. you know, to go into mm-hmm. that, but you can literally change the world with, you know, with your film and you don't know you're doing that. You just don't know how you're touching people, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what that film can mean for somebody, especially children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that they'll remember a movie for the rest of their lives. Um, and it's one thing, you know, one thing that I say about filmmaking and making documentaries out of all all the genres where if you give the child, uh, you know, say a 10 year old, you know, say, Hey guys, make a documentary about plumbing. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> <laughs> he's building a bathroom. That's why we're laughing. Um, and so make a documentary about that, right? All of a sudden, you know, uh, that that kid is going to learn about plumbing and they're going to interview plumbers, you know, mm-hmm, professionals, yeah. And they're going to have to listen to it. And then they're going to have to edit that and choose what the sound bites are that they're going to use. And then they're going to have to match that with B-roll, with the video images and all these things. And by creating that documentary, they will never again forget what plumbing is about. Where if you tell the kid, just write an essay, they'll do the research, they'll get all the sources and everything. But two years from now, they'll forget all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So it really does stick. It really does stick. So that's why I'm so passionate about filmmaking. I think I, we just talked about that for like 20 minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted mm-hmm. to to drive drive that whole point. Uh, this movie that you guys are making, are you? Mm-hmm. I have to ask. You know, I have to. Are you gonna? <laughs> are you gonna use? Uh, what are you gonna use to film it? As far as camera. Okay, so this is we're. <laughs> uh, so I just I sorry to jump in there on you, Julian. So yep. this is this is the thing we're going and we're going to talk about this on the podcast is that Julie is a DSLR filmmaker and I'm a mobile mobile filmmaker. Mm. So camera choices will probably be dictated by whose project it is. Yeah, and and what I mean is that uh, it's it's safe to say it's going to work out in in shake out in such a way that Julian will probably be the director far more frequently than I am. So you're both going to direct this movie. Oh, no, no. What I mean is that we're going to be, you know, uh, depending on, on the, on the project, because like the, the one that the, you're referring to the one that we, we worked out. Is that, is that? Yeah. The, the feature. Yeah. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm at, Sorry, so which which one are you talking about, Susie? The 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 twelve the twelve films or the one that we just worked out? Yeah, the the one that you just worked out because you were saying that you're going to make a film, and so I just kind of wanted to because if you're doing twelve films, you know, you can sort of alternate between who's going to be the director on this one and that one. But for most our listeners, they're not planning on making one film a month. I don't think. Hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. So the. Um, Okay, so to, so to answer that uh, is that most is that we won't be getting to a feature for for some time. So in in the short term, the the multiple short films will I would say most of them will probably be on DSLR. Um, we do have a plan to do to do a much smaller monthly mobile film for okay. for a for a local thing. Uh, there's it's a, a series there. Yeah, there's there's a Kino Kino group here in Ottawa, and they do a monthly thing, and um, we have an idea to build this. And you know, every month they're like, dude, you know, it has to be about power or control or pillows or whatever, you know, whatever they tell us to make it. So there's going to be theory. narrative, or is this like? Oh yeah, yeah, no, it'll it'll be narrative, but it's okay. it will be it will be shot on uh, those will be shot on on mobile. And you're gonna yeah, use the it, it, Filmic Pro and all that for that, or? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I actually I'll have to send you a link to it, Susie. Um, but there's one that we did. It's basically it's gonna be based on that called uh, called Hop In, and yeah. we uh, you'll probably like this because we shot it with an iPhone 11, uh, yep. basically suction cupped to the windshield of a car, <laughs> and uh, and a Beast Grip rig. And I'm hiding in the back, controlling the camera from my iPad. Oh, nice! Yeah. So there's, oh, there's four people. I've seen photos it, of this from a while back. Okay, yeah, yes. So it's a it's a single shot. The four people in the car, and I am literally tucked away in, in the, the sm- trunk. Yeah, but it's a hatchback, <laughs> so the trunk is yeah. is you know. So I kind of got to squeeze in and, and stay as low as possible. Um. So we're you basically couldn't ride going the hood, to, huh? No, <laughs> no, no, r- would rather not. So, yeah, so, and that was all shot. So that was, that was using all the tools. 
the the filmic pro the filmic remote the beast grip and um yeah so we're going to expand that into an ongoing series so technically we're going to make 24 films this year wow yeah um (laughs) now keep now i'll say this uh those ones that we're going to do for kino are very simple like when we shot the first one it's a three minute film and we shot it in like an hour and a half and it was improvised and it went like Honestly, it was probably the best shoot we've ever had. Um, wow. But uh, the best way I can describe it is it's almost like a sitcom is how it plays out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's very fun. And obviously, because you're in the car, the accused takes help with the audio, right? Susie, yeah. I set up four mic. I set up four mics in the car, one for each character, and we end up using the, the audio right from the phone. So yeah, wow. Yeah, the acoustics really do make a big difference. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I've, I've, um, you know, told people before uh, a few years ago, like, for God's sake, don't just stand somebody in, don't stand in front of your phone in a coffee shop and expect the mic, you know, Mm -hmm. on the phone to, to, to work out right. You know, at least use your, your ear pods or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to to make that audio better, you know, because distance, mm-hmm. you know, just well, like, you know, this Julian with microphones, distance makes a huge difference. Yep. You know, in capturing and also, you know, uh, like for podcasting, dynamic microphones are best because oh, yeah. they don't pick up a lot of the noise around in the room and things like that as well. I sat with yep. uh, Aaron, Aaron Naboo's one of our ambassadors. Uh, we used to go to this really crazy uh, coffee shop yep. and we were using dynamic, you know, and we were using the 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 Zoom, you know, uh, recorder okay. and we're sitting there and you'd think that the audio would be horrible, you know, but it came out pretty nice, you know, because mm-hmm. once you're talking, the microphone doesn't care about anything around you. You know, it almost mm-hmm. fades away. I mean, it's in the background, but it's very faint. Yeah, it's very minimal. Yeah. Yeah. But with the other uh, type microphone, the condensers, I think, those are different and they yeah. tend to really be sensitive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a, I, I use uh, different microphones. I'm trying to lean, like, especially with our our filmmaking, I'm, I'm looking into um getting lav mics mm-hmm. uh for the dialogue audio because I just recently uh did a day on set of one of the Hallmark films, the Hallmark Christmas films. Nice. And uh yeah, and uh the, we used uh lavs and we used the boom pole, but there was one where there was just a lot of movement and I was the boom operator running around <laughs> and we were like, no, there's, there's cars. It's really noisy. The lav mics were soup. Like it, the audio was pristine. Yeah. It was like, and, and so, uh, that's something that I, Jason and I were talking about, like leaning into for, you know, as, as we grow as filmmakers. Yeah. I, uh, a long time ago in one of my, well, actually this was the first, production that I worked on this is back in I think it was like 1998 or something back when I was mm-hmm. two no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> but um, there was a girl that I wanted to be the hostess 
right, of this, uh, this, this video. It was, it was a little bit of a documentary. Um, and so <laughs> she, she was scared of heights. And as soon as I heard that, oh my God, I'm so cruel. I'm like, yeah, go up to the, the very top of that building and stand on the edge. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to shoot you from down here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I will. And she was standing. She was. I had her stand up in all these different things, all these different places and say, here we are in the blah, blah, blah. Here we are in the blah, blah, blah. And then cut him to open <laughs> each each one of these scenes. But she was wearing a lavalier mic. And it, it just oh, okay. took a while, though, because of the RF signals. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. in the distance. Yeah. And we were in, in, uh, at the, uh, well, UCSD here in San Diego. It's the, it's a university. Um, and yeah, so that also plays into it depending on how much, mm-hmm. um, there's so much that goes into production. See, now we're getting geeky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think lavaliers are really good. I, what is, I'm just curious, what is your, see, I'm, I'm a big fan of Audio Technica myself. Yeah, I love Audio Technica. Okay. Yeah. I can, I, I, I'm trying yeah. to reach over to Ottawa right now to high five you and it's not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think like even their lowest end microphones still sound really good. Oh, they're great. Yeah, it's really good bang for your buck. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Quote yeah. Julian on that one. <laughs> uh, Jason, so mm-hmm. you are, um, you're making this, you're, you guys are going into this new podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Adventures in Filmmaking. Why don't you guys mm-hmm. uh, take turns on sharing just a little more, you know, promote it. Just share with our listeners a little bit about it. Well, yeah. the uh, I, I can tell you the uh, the the inspiration behind it was, like I said before earlier, it you know getting on your podcast and doing the Nevers podcast has kind of kicked me into gear to be able, like, yeah, we can do this. And I messaged Julian, and I'm like, you know what? We've always tr- we've talked about podcasts, but we've always made it more difficult yeah. than it needs to be. You know, so why don't we just make a filmmaking podcast and talk about the things we know, the things we experience, things we're passionate about. And then that grew to become, you know, it'll be that, but it'll also be an interview show where we talk to as many, as many low-level creators as, as possible. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah, like, really our goal is to, uh, like Jason said, is to speak to, you know, the viewers or audience that maybe hasn't made a film or has made a film, but, you know, might've failed in one regard or just, you know, doesn't know how to, how to do it. And we talk about our experiences. We interview, you know, people in similar situations that we are in. And it's just, uh, it's kind of a, a, you know, just sharing knowledge with the audience, you know? Yeah, so are you guys going to do one on the Blair Witch Project, like the one that just... <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, 
The, um, yes, it was. It was. And I got to be honest, like I said, when, when you and I talked about Susie, well, I guess you yeah. and me and, and, and everyone talked about it, but I do not like the Blair Witch Project. It was so <laughs> painful watching it again. <laughs> it's, it's actually so on, I forgot which one. It, it's. I think it's either on Netflix or Amazon or one of those all of a mm-hmm. sudden again. And I was yeah. like, shoot, I Googled it to death because I couldn't find it. And now all of a sudden it's back. Yeah, it's no, yeah, it's yeah, our exactly. fault. We brought it back from <laughs> to the living <laughs> the um yeah the um I, I there's a um like i said i mean we're going to talk to a lot of a lot of unknown people and um but there's the fact is that look there's a lot of podcasts about filmmaking there's a lot of podcasts about how to filmmake but yeah there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of coverage in this specific area of let's call them the unwashed unwashed masses of filmmakers who are just trying to make good product and get noticed yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's important because we all learn from from failures and I don't want to call yeah. them failures because you're never really failing as long as you keep trying. Mm-hmm. Well, alternatively, you know, yeah. I was going to say alternatively, just stop thinking of failure as a bad thing. It is. It will see. It, um, mm-hmm. That did not come out right, guys. Forget, <laughs> you're like, forget it is. I just said, <laughs> it is. Uh, what, what, what I'm trying to say is like, it's like uh, when we say, you know, this is the end of this and this is the end. Of, it's like an end is just a new beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's there's no such thing. And I hate that when people say, you know, losers and failures and things like that, because mm. you're never you're never a fail. There's nothing that you ever no. do because it all has to do with your mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the mindset is very complicated. You know, some of us grew up with parents telling us you're a failure, you're a loser, you know, if you don't do it this way, you failed or, or things like that. Mm. Right. But if you are, if you see it as a challenge that you learn from, you know, if you take a risk and it's not like you're going, I'm going to take a risk and I know I'm going to fail. You never take a risk like that. You know, you always mm. think that you're going to you're going to get something out of it and you find something out of it. Right. And then you do it again. I mean, imagine, right, that you're making a movie. Take one and then it doesn't work out. Oh, we failed. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like some one scene can take. Well, can't take literally. Uh, you know, uh, 70 takes or something well, like that. I, uh, I do want to say this. If, <laughs> if I if I hadn't, quote unquote, failed at making making good films when I first made the attempts back in the early 2000s, it's doubtful I would be at the point where I know as much about, about storytelling methods and structure as I do. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there's a really great quote that I'm going to steal because it seems very wise and apt for this conversation, is that fail, fail stands for first attempt in learning. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, again, yeah, like, I, I look at, you know, quote, failures as like little bumps in the road, but you're still on the road and you're still getting to your destination. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of lessons you learn and thing, and, you know, you're on a journey, and the journey is what's important, you know, the things you learn, the people you meet in your filmmaking journey. You know, let's just admit 
that failure is non-existent. It's like the word yeah. should, right? Like you should have, mm-hmm. but, but where does that go? Like should, mm-hmm. right? So let's just yeah. say that. Let's just say for all you listeners, get that word out of your mind because it doesn't really exist. As long as you exist, you never fail. Mm-hmm. You never fail. Life yeah, goes on. Exactly. Sometimes you learn something yeah. without even realize that you've learned something. Like you don't have to be super conscious, you know, to learn something about something. Mm-hmm. It's when you go about doing something else, right, that you yeah. go, oh, no, I can't do it this way or I won't mm-hmm. do it this way because I remember back then, years ago, I was going to do this one thing and it didn't work out that w- the way that I anticipated and now I know better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess I'm trying to motivate people out there, never give <laughs> up. Well, here we are. It's the end of 2021. Um, I'm going to ask you guys a random question. Everybody's going to think mm-hmm. I have these things written down, but I'm really, mm-hmm. this is just really <laughs> fun. Uh, I want to ask you guys a random question. What would you say would be, since we were just talking about failures, <laughs> failures, <laughs> uh, let's, let me ask you 2021, what was the best part of 2021 for you? Something that you thought, wow, I, I'm victorious because of this. Um, um you, you you go first. Uh okay. Uh so I mentioned uh near the beginning uh I I went back to school. Uh actually this is very, you know, accurate to again what we were talking about. The first time I attempted post-secondary education, I flunked out and I was afraid to go back and study again because of just how poorly my first experience went. Because I just thought, well, I didn't do well the first time. I won't do well this time. Well, I faced those fears, went back to school and graduated with honors. Awesome. So, you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. 2021 is actually a pretty good year. So, you know, again, that's that whole thing. Failure is not it's not real. It's just, a you know, it's a little bump in the road. Awesome. So, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. OK, yeah, Jason. My, my, mine's not quite as uh quite as big uh in that uh okay you're um, already you're already criticizing yourself well no i know i just think look i want to say look at i went back to post-secondary school all the way back in 2000 and i went for i went and i learned about you know learned electronics assembly because high tech Mm -hmm. was huge around here and Mm -hmm. halfway through the course high tech crashed so there was no jobs to go to um so that's just a list a funny little side no i would say um Finally accepting your invitation to podcast, uh, yeah, would would be a big one because it took me out of my comfort zone and and made me realize that you know okay yeah I, I do kind of like this and 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 you know having a voice and also the fact that uh, like I said you know the, the 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 two big projects that Julie and I are working on because we're no longer making films you know willy nilly like okay I'm gonna make a film but what do you do with it after that. So we have a we have a plan to podcast and a plan to make films that will entertain the audience and grow our professional skills with each one. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, you know what? I don't even have I can't even think of an answer for that for this whole question myself. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't ask me that question. 
<laughs> Seriously, what was the best part of 2021? <laughs> I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, because this whole year has been, you know, everybody probably already knows I work on so many projects between between this, the festival, having you on the podcast has mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable, you know, from my oh. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, reaching the the 100th episode was kind of a big deal. If mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm going to stick is. to just bringing things to the podcast itself, um, then I would say that was, that was quite a big deal. And also, you know, a couple months ago when we reached 10,000 downloads, you know, nice. uh, for, for, you know, for one year. Like milestone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, those milestones, which are not things I, I don't, uh, I don't do that. I don't sit there and go, I reached, I got, you mm-hmm. know, I don't count subscribers. Yeah. I don't do that. I just don't do that. But, um, you know, you get an email from something and sometimes I share them. Sometimes I don't most likely mm-hmm. I don't share them. I wait mm-hmm. until it's something major. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so the, so yeah, I think that 100th episode to me was really special on this podcast. It was with Michael Corbell and Michael was, uh, the very first, uh, winner in our very first inaugural film festival. Okay. And oh, wow. yeah, and he's been very successful since, you know. Um, well, he was successful even then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But he he works, he makes commercials, and I mean, big time, like like the you know Super Bowl type commercials and things like okay. that. So mm-hmm. um, to have him on the podcast was really cool because he's such a good storyteller you know and the conversation with him ended up turning into an entire history of iphone filmmaking oh really yeah and so if you haven't heard it it's episode 100 (laughs) go back and check that out yeah yeah so that one that one was very special for for the podcast um it's it's i consider it one of the one of the the biggest ones like okay what purpose does this podcast have well it has a a lot you know every single guest brings a new light and sheds something for our listeners you know i learn from everybody and i know that all of you guys out there are learning something from it too and mm-hmm. then there's once in a while there's one episode that you're going wow that's almost like I wouldn't say a legacy, but it's like, it's, it's a big one, you know, like mm-hmm. it made mm-hmm. it, made it really worth it. Uh, for everything else. I mean, I would say I'm hoping, you know, I, I got my fingers crossed that everything will turn out. We're planning on the film festival happening in person. Uh, oh, in April. yeah. And, uh, just so you know, Jason and Julian are coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, twisting it, arms. It, 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 well, it, it, it depends yeah. on tra- it depends on travel restrictions. Because I don't care. Like, uh, I don't care. You're coming no matter <laughs> what. You cross that border. <laughs> we'll walk across the border. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's, it's, it, unfortunately, I don't know if you heard, Julian. It sounds like we're getting uh, capacity limits again. Yeah, oh. but you know what? This is yeah. this is December. We're talking <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many so many things that can happen in between that's why you know like i said for right now it's a go 
Um, but yeah. I can't say 100%. It's very hard. It's very hard for, you know, depending on where you are and what time, mm-hmm. you know, your film festival takes place. Mm-hmm. Our film festival always takes place and during the very last weekend of April. It's done that mm-hmm. since the very first one. And it yeah. hasn't skipped a beat, even when we had to do it online last minute, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in yeah. 2020. Uh, um, speaking of, are you, are you going to look, even just because things are such a big question mark, are you going to maybe look at a hybrid model this year? Uh, yeah. For, for well, per, in person so, and online? Yeah. The, the, the plan is that we're going to have the live in-person film festival. And mm-hmm. then maybe a couple of weeks after that, we'll have the online version but I also think people are tired, for the most part, of the talking heads in Zoom, you know, Zoom <laughs> Zoom meetings type yeah. thing. I'm really hoping that everything will work out. I, I doubt California is going to shut down ever mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. like it did in 2020. I mean, they yeah, just no, talked no. about 800,000 Americans. I That's know, like I that. horrible horrible like just Mm -hmm. completely horrible and every one of those people is one individual person connected to a bunch of people you know yeah it's it's shocking like that that is like a city worth of people yeah Hmm. you know that's actually what actual julian's almost all of ottawa right it's a is basically all of ottawa yeah if you think about that like Mm -hmm. that is that's horrifying. It, it's horrifying, and it's horrifying yeah. that more people don't see it in that mm-hmm. way. You know, that more yeah. people, they're just numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys something. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about um, the whole metaverse thing? You know, going virtual everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know much about it. Like I, I, I heard about it and I've seen some headlines and stuff like that, but I, I haven't done much research in the whole metaverse topic. I feel like it's 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 a turn of the century type of um of a situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like the timing of things, you know, it's like evolution, you know, evolutionary in a way that mm-hmm. you would think. But I think if you talk to a lot of the younger people, they're less into it than I see some of the older people um, in the yeah. in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. That seem to be into it more than some of the younger people. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you. I, actually, I beyond it beyond seeing the word metaverse pop up every now and again, I know zero about it because I honestly have no interest it's like you would live <laughs> life uh, yeah. you would live life through an avatar right you know all i think about with that is black mirror <laughs> well yeah that's what everybody's been comparing it to right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, the only the only thing that i that i'm questioning about it is who's going to control the world if our entire world experience shifts to a virtual reality and if you think about that you know who's there is i mean right now technically there's not one person that controls the world Mm -hmm. you know and so i mean you can talk politics all day but there's not one person 
But if we are shifting that way, you're looking at this one guy on Facebook. Mm -hmm. He's going to own the world. Look at there. I don't know what is going on with billionaires right now, but they have all (laughs) just gone around the bend between between a race to escape the planet and brain chips and virtual reality. It's just guys, just shut up and go away. But the thing is, like, it's like we don't have to be a part of it. That's, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted yeah. to say. Is like we don't have to go along with this whole thing if we don't want no. to. But we have to be careful because, you, you know, if things shape, if if like all of a sudden it's like cash is gone, everything mm-hmm. is banks. Um, you know, those things are shifting in society as it is. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that little by little, you know, just sort of take over and become the norm. Uh, because yep. everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of be a little mindful about what we're going along with. Um, but I think a lot of people are waking up to to the realization that we control the world together mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, as individuals. And we can have all these conversations with each other to keep each other uh, in tune with what is going on in the world. Um, in a way that we can inform each other and keep tabs on it and and make that decision as a whole. Mm-hmm. Or I could mm-hmm. be all wrong, and that's just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> we get we wake up in the morning, get plugged in in the back of our heads like the Matrix. <laughs> so. Speaking of which, The Matrix comes out in a couple of days. Yes, I'm so excited about. It. Is that going to be the new yeah. Christmas movie? Uh-huh. Y- yeah the new die hard <laughs> yeah i mean oh man i speaking of die hard that is totally a christmas movie <laughs> see i'm just like i was i was joking at jason i'm like no that's when i say christmas movie i don't mean die hard <laughs> <laughs> Look at, you want a, a christmas movie anything by shane black okay yeah they're all they all take place at Christmas. Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah. What's what's the one with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe? The other guys or something like that. Oh yes, yes. Uh, Iron Man yeah. three. Uh, yeah, they t- all do. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah, they all do. Take your pick. It was Shane Black loves Christmas. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think there is some childhood connection to that? Oh, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Does anyone yeah. know the story behind that? Nope. <laughs> because, see, I think and I believe that almost all directors connect their stories um, from something personal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, they have this need to share this story. And, you know, like Steven Spielberg's, you know, movies all have a personal connection of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you guys are thinking about movies, do you guys connect that? Do you think your concepts and, you know, and the movies that you're going to make have some connection to to something personal? Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Julia. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, look, I mean, there was, you know, Jason and I have actually talked about this uh, a fair amount. A lot of my a lot of my films have to do to a certain part to there's always a theme of grief 
in them just because I, you know, I lost my father 13 years ago. Mm. But uh, and and so ever, you know, since then, a lot of my stories have a character who loses someone in their life and stuff like that. And it's it's, you know, writing me writing characters based on, you know, myself in a way. Um, it's a way to yeah. work things out in a way, right? Through yeah. Other people. It's, it's very therapeutic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, and Jason? Yeah, good. Um, well, since well, that's the thing, it, it, it's it's hard to say because I don't I don't do a lot of writing in in the sense that Julian does writing. Mm-hmm. In that, because I'm a I'm a structure and and story story expert, I focus more on the brass tacks. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. So I don't come from I because I'm not an idea guy. I don't come from a place of you know. My ideas are based on any particular uh, thing or things that happened in my life more so. I just look at what's presented to me and and how to craft it into the most compelling yeah. uh, script it can be. Um, first of all, my condolences about, you know, losing your father, Julian. That's hard. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was definitely tough. And, uh, you know, I. Again, I, I found a lot of, you know, therapy came from from writing stories, you know, based on my own experience. And it it, it can be very rewarding. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a human need to express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's through that expression that we connect with each other as humans. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. What am I missing out of this podcast? Um, there actually is one thing I want, to t- I want to swing back to when we were talking about our, our process for, uh, for going from, you know, concept to, to whatnot. And, um, and you and I are going to talk about this in the you know, relatively near future. And that is, that's character because we've found the, a, a way to get around the problem of, you know, like, okay, well, what happens next? What happens next? We always bring it back to the character now. And that is who... You know, you don't have to go into all the detail in the world, but we need to, in order to write an effective story, because an effective story is about the character's journey. Mm-hmm. Who is the character? They're behaving a certain way. Why do they behave that way? What's what's their backstory? What's their trauma? You know, and, and that came about because we, we are probably going to be producing a friend's uh, script. And we're kind of going through it and, and, and working it out and kind of tuning it up and Every now and again, you run into a problem. It's like, well, what about this? What about this? Like, okay, well, let's let's go back. You know, why does this character feel that this substandard job they have is the best they can do? What happened in their past? So, basically, you need to look at, as far as character journey, you know, what's their backstory? What is a lie or untruth they believe about themselves or the world. Yeah. Why do they believe it? Which you don't, you don't always have, you don't always have to show their trauma. Um, there's a number of movies where you never really see the backstory. Um, but it has to be understood in one way or another, if it plays into the current story and that character. Yeah, exactly. So in this one where, so basically, you know, You've got concept, you know, idea to concept, and then, you know, next in line is is character. And 
we're, we're you know you and I are going to have a couple of conversations with that because it's going to be a fairly big subject. But Jason is uh, talking uh, about our in the weed series, by the yes, way, guys. Yeah, in the weeds when we talk yeah. when, when when you and I are in the weeds. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no. So as you're developing your story, and if you run into a stumbling block, and you're thinking, well, what if this? What if this? What if this? Just go back to your character. Your character is going to react a certain way to a situation based on the backstory you've created for them. So you need to know what that is. Very, yeah. very, very interesting. Yeah, and I and I, mm-hmm. I and I think when when because we we've only got a we've only got a partial outline done for this, but I I would like to think that when we were kind of bouncing ideas, Julian, that that stopping okay, well, what we want to happen versus what the how our character would react is 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 a is a valid diagnostic tool and that could change everything like an entire storyline even in our lives can change depending on how we perceive and how we react Mm -hmm. to a situation yeah so yeah so you need to know who you're before you can write you need to know who your character is because otherwise otherwise you get an inconsistent character which is maddening as an audience member you have to understand your character Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you have to understand the character when the character doesn't understand itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. Actually, that's actually really hard to do, though. Mm-hmm. To I mean, you're looking at it with from two different perspectives at the same time. Yeah, that's where Julian comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that's also why it's it's important. You know, we'd like to think that we can make a film all by ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think but, <laughs> in order to be a really good screenwriter, though, um, not all of us can go there. I mean, if we no. all had to be a wonderful we, listen to me, uh, <laughs> if you have to be a very good screenwriter in order to make a movie. There will be like maybe 10 films made in this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But for the most part, you need other people. You need to be able to trust other people. Sometimes you have to have an NDA guys uh, together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to have some sort of an agreement and to trust those people and to work with them and make sure that, you know, you understand how to be able to share that that job mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, for for these these upcoming projects that we have yeah uh, one of the one of the guiding principles is that filmmaking is a team sport yes there's no there's no one person that 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 makes a film um, and actually Julian I actually have a question for you because it's actually relative to the to the podcast and the people we've been talking to yeah. to in the weeds and that is so before we met you were you were what they call a pantser you just sat down and, and wrote your thing and yeah. and since we've met over the years like you know the, the few years we've we've been friends I've been you know a broken record on on story structure and whatnot and how would you say yeah. from from a practical from a practical standpoint from from then to now, how how has that impacted your writing and your story quality? Well, I mean, you know how much of an impulsive uh, person I am, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and how like 
I look, the way I used to write is I would come up with an idea and I'd be like, I need to write this right now. And I would go and write down, I would write it basically do a, what I call a vomit draft of the, the <laughs> script. Um, and, uh, it's not the same anymore. Um, now because I have gained a certain understanding of story structure, when I come up with a, an idea, uh, I think about the character and I think about their want and need. And once I figure out what that is, I kind of figure out, you know, where I want the story to go. And I don't write it until I have a basic outline. Sometimes it's just in my head, but I have a basic outline of, you know, the beginning, middle and end, the characters want and need and, and mm-hmm. so on. And that didn't happen before. I would just be like, Oh, imagine a movie about this, and then I would write that, and mm-hmm. you know that is that really that. that is really skilled. Um, so mm-hmm. so Julian, yeah. and almost everything that I write, um, I don't think about anything. I just start mm-hmm. with one letter that turns into a word, that turns into mm-hmm. a sentence, that turns into a thought, yeah. that turns into a thing, and the next is how fast can I write this as I am imagining it. Because mm-hmm. there's, it's kind of like that dream where that mm-hmm. whole story yeah. and film, I felt like that couldn't have been me, but it was there. My imagination is, you know, you ever have a, your parents say, wow, Julian, mm-hmm. you have a very big imagination. <laughs> 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 it's almost like that. And I can, I can almost hear some of our listeners saying, you know what, Susie, I, I'm like that too. I'm like that mm-hmm. too. I can't, yeah. I can't go through this process. But I think when you're going to make an actual film, right, because you were just saying the filmmaker, but I think in the end the director is the filmmaker for, as mm-hmm. a whole because there is that one person that really puts that package together, bringing everybody together with the passion and all that, like we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. And yep. to me, as a film festival, you know, director, it, it's like, that's the filmmaker, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so for some of our listeners who are out there right now and saying, you know, I'm like that too. I think that everything that we're learning with the In the Weeds and Julian's, you know, discussion here. Uh, and with Jason, when you're going to make a film, you're bringing an entire team on board. And so it's mm-hmm. not just you and a piece of paper and a no. pen. Yeah. It's not just you typing out your 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 story, you know, in, into a screenplay. This is a team of people that are invested and they are mm-hmm. counting on you, you know, mm-hmm. on on. So in order to get this this right. You don't want to get them involved until you have that homework done, even though it sounds bad to say homework, but mm-hmm. in order to have that process so that you have the best screenplay or the best concept and structure and everything put together so that once your team gets together, you have something more solid that mm-hmm. doesn't turn out to be that film that yeah. never gets filmed or Mm -hmm. gets past the post-production i just i just think that we want to be able to you know even though we each have our different ways of doing this Mm -hmm. yeah 
to be able to explain why, because yeah, it's yeah. the team thing. All right, everybody, let's let's go ahead and end this show. Uh, leave you with that thought in mind. Uh, Julian, where can people uh, reach you? I know we're going to share some links uh, with everyone about you. Uh, but what is one yeah. place where they can follow you? Um, I am on Instagram uh, under the, the Instagram handle is Julian Zero Theory and zero being a word. So Julian Zero Theory, all one word. And I am also on Twitter as the, the real JBV. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are the two best places. I use Instagram. I, I actually don't use either very much, but I use I am frequently on them. Yeah. So. Okay. So, so if anybody, uh, well, everybody go follow him. Okay. And (laughs) then if anybody has questions or whatever, you can contact you. Uh, Jason, you are always, uh, more often than not on Instagram, but also on Twitter. I think you are Jason C Marshall or Jason Marshall CA, right? Uh, okay, so Jason Jason C Marshall on Instagram, where that's my yeah. primary primary thing, and Jason Marshall CA on Twitter, because some other guy took the handle I want, and he hasn't posted <laughs> in five years, <laughs> and I and I and I can't get the handle. It really is making me mad. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I want to wish happy holidays to both of you and to all our listeners. Uh, from San Diego and from Ottawa in in Canada. And uh, why don't you each say goodbye to our listeners? Bye. Bye Bye-bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Kind of messed that one up. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 